uh, I'm very bad with, the, with introducing my message. No, I'm, I'm very bad like, with introduction. I spent like three times orating my, my sermon to myself. Like I'll sit on my computer. I don't know whether my siblings saw or not, but then like, I would take my stopwatch and then I would time. So I would like say, okay, this, 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 this. I'll just read out and then just see how far can I get. And then if it's like, my first time was like five minutes my message. Then was after I wrote like a lot, then I was like, what in the world? So I was like super scared. La. So I like, is there like a place I can put this? Oh, yeah. I put on the floor, but it doesn't mean anything. Okay, I still respect it. Okay, so as the verse says just now, you know, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. So this verse is honestly quite significant for me. I think it's my theme verse of the year. La. And significantly enough, I heard it on New Year's Eve when somebody, la, two people actually shared on this verse. So it really had such an impact on me. And when we decided that we were going to speak on Philippians today, we, I just knew, la, I caught dips on this last year away from the start. I was like, dips? Then you said I actually want to speak on it. But then she was like quite, she, she wanted to, la, but then I caught dips. Then I was like, you know, too bad. So, okay, let's just get into it, la, basically. So, during a race, you know, competitors only have eyes for one thing, basically. And I don't know, la, my brother runs cross-country, but uh, I don't know what else does he look at when he's running. But I think most people, when they run a race, the only thing that they look at would be the finish line. So before we actually get into this message, we, as runners of this Christian race that we are in, we have to understand exactly what are we running towards. And we need to know what are we aiming for. Because no one runs a race without knowing where the end point is, right? I mean, you can run forever, and then like, you end up in like, I don't know, like, you root much, you also know where you're going to end, right? Which is Marine Parade. Eh, Marina Bay. <laughs> Marina Bay, yes. For those who are going to POP soon, right? You're not going to march all the way through Passeris and then go in like Jurong or something. So we all have to know where is that finish line. Okay? So, personally for me, I believe that this goal, this finish line that we are aiming towards is when we are the spitting image of Jesus himself, you know, when our actions are the same as His, when every decision, every dream, and every ambition is filtered throughout, through His Word, and um, with the goal of glorifying God at the end of it all, and with the goal of presenting everything that we do as worship unto Him. And it's quite a monstrous challenge, like, if you ask me. Because in this world that we live in, uh, it's such a struggle to, to really be Christ-like sometimes, and even I struggle with it sometimes. Sometimes it's also easier to say that I'm just going to sit back, you know, and be uh, the kind of Christian that comes to church every Saturday, every Sunday, you know, just sing some songs, raise some hands, you know, clap, clap for Jesus or something, you know, like shout to the Lord or something on Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. La. And then on the weekdays, we go back to our normal lives, you know, studying in school, but we live it no different than the non-Christians or the non-believers at school or at work. Or sometimes it's just easier to just say, I'm just going to be a receiver in church. I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to listen to all the incredible sounds, incredible music that the worship team plays, but I'm not going to serve because I don't have time. Because I simply do not have the capacity to serve. It's very easy. All these are the easier options. But I don't think this is what we Christians have been called to do. You know, we should not be satisfied with just earning a ticket to heaven. You know, we should not be satisfied to crawl past the finish line, which is supposed to become like Jesus. La. And we want to finish well. We want to finish this Christian race well. We want to be the one encouraging others past the finish line. We don't want to be the one that's being dragged along. 
I don't know if, about you, but I don't want to be someone like that. So, so basically what I just told you is just the framework, basically. What are we aiming towards? What are we trying to strive towards at the end of this message? So before we begin on how to finish well, oh, I forgot to tell you the, my message. What my message? My message title is called Finishing Well. Yes. So my introduction is like lopsided, but it's okay. So before we begin, I want you all to grab your sweatbands, your water bottles, and let's get ready to learn how we can finish well in this race, okay? Are you all ready, kids? Yes, okay, but just a disclaimer, la, it's very easy to figure out how to finish well. Anyone knows that, but it's very hard to carry out. Okay, let me, let me water parade first. Because it's very important to drink water before you run a race. Am I right? Okay, so my first point. My first point is... Don't look back. And uh, if I may get the beautiful Judy behind to just play the video that I have so painstakingly sought out from this thing that I have called YouTube. Please uh, check the sound. It's, not, it's a bit anti-climax. Or the video in this case. For those who do not understand the Jamaican accent, I can help you interpret or you can watch me do my interpretation of the Jamaican accent here, which is like... Uh, actually, I don't know. Like, I don't have the situation. Like, I, won't, I don't want to spoil the video for you. Ayo, okay. How to win the 100-meter race? Let me start. Uh, good reaction is key because I'm, I'm a kind of a poor starter. Set. If I get a good reaction, then I can get myself in the race, even if my first couple steps are not quick. From start to 30 minutes, that's my drive phase. Keep your body forward, keep your head down, and let's keep driving, driving, driving. After I start coming on my drive phase, that's when you get tall, so we're getting tall, straight. Getting tall, getting tall. Up, shoulders down. That's when you start to get the top speed. 50 meters. When I check, I just glance left, glance right to make sure where I'm positioned in the race. I may start listening to the crowd, listening to the cheers. 60 meters, that's when I become a beast, really. That's when I, I start to dominate a race. Majority of the time, I can tell from probably 60, 70 meters if I'm going to win the race because the last 40 meters of my race is a stronger part of my race. Last 10, 15 meters of a race, I start checking again. Check to the right, check to the left. Can I stop running? 10 meters, that's when I determine if I've won. Because last 10 meters, you're not going to catch me. No matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter how focused you are, no matter how ready you think you are, you're not going to catch me. Because that last 10 meters is going to take me three and a half strides to pass the finish line. And this is where the glory begins. It's when you pass the finish line, I do what I want. Celebrate to the world, do crazy stuff. But that's when the crowd loved me because I put my flavor to it. I make them love and enjoy me. What a beast, what a beast. Who would have thought that the world's fastest man would be, would be called Bolt? Really, really, what a beast. Serious, serious. You know who's that? That's Usain Bolt. Really, like, fastest man on earth so far. Because I haven't run yet. Oh, no, I'm kidding, kidding. Uh, uh. Okay, so... Basically, there are many different kinds of races. Lah. And what I just showed you, if you all didn't know, is a 100-meter sprint. Okay? 
So there's a 100-meter sprint, 400-meter sprint, whatever, relay, and there's like 42 km for those crazy people, you know, like those run marathon on Xiaoan. Oh, sorry. You know, like, Yong Chang here is the what, super fit guy, or run 21 km, most importantly, single. Uh, okay, yeah, so... So the thing is that, see, we see all these races, one thing remains the same for all these races. You know, no one ever looks back. As, as we watch just now, you know, the closest thing that Usain Bolt does is glance to his left, glance to his right, you know. Like, and to see if there's anyone running next to him. And that's only after he's passed the 50-meter mark in his 100-meter sprint. So, you see, when one runs to secure the prize, he does not stop to look behind him to see how much ground he has covered or he does not look back to see who of his competitors had fallen or lingered behind. You know, he keeps his eyes steadily on the prize, on the finish line, and strains every nerve, you know. Can you see like, all the veins popping out from his biceps or deltoids? You know? He strains every nerve so that he may be able to reach this prize and obtain it. And if his attention was like, diverted or distracted for a second, it would hinder him. And that might mean losing first place or losing the prize. And... You know, I, I, I don't like to run. I never like running. Lah. So when I was young, my dad used to force me to run every time. Because when I was young, I was quite... You know, lah, I, I, I can say, but you cannot say. Okay, so when my dad forces me to run, I don't know if my sister remembers, but I'll, like, I'll pray for rain lah, so, that I don't, so that I can just stay at home. So that, I mean, rain, right? Then jog around the house, lah, you know, like simple jog around the house. And then, so the furthest that I've ever run was like 10 km. Because I was forced to lie in army. And then also got 2.4 and all. Ah, who loves 2.4? Oh, <laughs> resounding. Um, just for the parents listening to this, I mean, running is important. Keeping fit is very important. Huh? I mean, I'm just expressing my opinion. But you know, keeping fit is very important, guys. Please. But why do I dislike running so much? Okay, see, running 2.4 uh, is like, one of the most hated experiences for me, okay? Because like, nine minutes uh, is like eternity, eh. It's, it's mad. I don't know how, like the time-space continuum gets shattered whenever you're running 2.4. Because like, one minute is like, 1,000 days. You know like, you know like, one day in, Jesus, in, in uh, God's course is like a thousand elsewhere. It's like, same thing for 2.4. I don't know why. I don't know, on the track, it's just like, oh, you're running forever. So like, you know the first minute when you start your 2.4? Oh, yeah, oh, you're running 2.4, right? Or you run 1.6? Who runs 1.6 km? Nobody, right? Primary school, right? Okay, so it's 2.4. Okay, so when you run 2.4, you know, on the first, you're like running on the track. You know you feel pretty good, ah, when you, when you first start, like, you say, okay, jogging on the spot. Okay, go! Then everybody's like, dun, 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 dun. okay. So for the first round, wow, feeling fine, ah. Going past the track, keeping up with all those super mega fit people, those eight, sub eight mini, eight mini people, and you're like running with them, or feeling pretty good. So after the first round, uh, you pass the, pass the line, and then suddenly, uh, oh, your breath grows heavier, <laughs> then, then your muscles get tighter, and the lactic acid just builds up in your legs, and then suddenly you're like, oh, and like it shackles you or something, and then you're like, oh, you're, 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 you're like crawling past the, like struggling to even hit the third round, you know. Sometimes third round or fourth round already, you just feel like you want to collapse on the floor. So like, that's just for 2.4. I don't even want to talk about those 21km or 42km people. They're crazy endurance. But their endurance is not just physical endurance. Their endurance is, more importantly, mental endurance. And what I mean to say after all of this is that finishing a race needs discipline, 
Finishing a race means that you have to have commitment. You know, it means despite all the pain and despite all the voices in your head telling you that you have to give up, you know, you cannot run this uh, 2.4, you cannot make it past the fifth round or something. You know, despite all of this, you suck it up and you push on for the prize, for first place. Despite all of the cheering of the crowd, if you are, you know, a competitive racer, okay, uh, you refuse to be complacent and you focus on crossing that finishing line first before you even afford to take a break or rest for a moment. And you see, this is where the analogy of uh, a Christian life being a race breaks down because in a worldly race, there can only be one winner. There can, there's only one prize. There's only one first place. In a worldly race, every second counts and second place doesn't count. Okay, write that down. No, I'm kidding. Okay, but there is more to that in the Christian life, uh, in this Christian race that we are in. You know, everyone runs this Christian race and everyone who finishes gets the reward. No, but you see, there are so many things around us that distract us. You know, the things that we see on television, you know, the internet. Sometimes even our friends distract us or even relationships. So, so many problems within us as well. They discourage us. Our old life, our old sins, they come back and haunt us sometimes. You know, sometimes we think that we're not good enough to finish this race. Sometimes we think we're not good enough to hit the mark of being Christ-like. You know, or perhaps it's the other way around. We think that we are already very good Christians. We think that we are at the standard. We are up there already. Sometimes we are complacent. And I have to admit that sometimes I do get caught up with being complacent. And I thank God uh, that sometimes you just like, smack me a little bit on the cheek to like, make sure that I come back to earth and make sure that I don't lose my way. Lah. But all these things distract us from the goal, which is the finish line. <clears throat> okay, so basically, don't look back. As we read just now in the verse, is it forgetting what is behind. We forget everything that we've left behind us. Yesterday is gone. You know, there's no point looking back on yesterday's sins, yesterday's burdens, because they are gone and they're not going to be back anymore. You know, when we become believers, we are called into a new life. Past sins have been forgiven. Past burdens have been relieved. You know, don't be distracted by them. The things of this world will always lead us away from Christ. You know, there's lust, there's self-satisfaction, sometimes even approval from your own friends. Those things will always be enticing and, and, and they'll always be there to tempt you. But you, you have to be committed to staying on track. So don't look back and don't be distracted. Commit to finishing well because that is what we as Christians have been called to do. Okay? You know, are you going to cross the finishing line crawling or are you going to be like Usain Bolt and, cr- and, not crawl, and like sprint past it like a beast? I don't know which one you want to be, la, but I would think that Jesus crossed the finishing line like a beast. He was flying past it because he had nothing holding on to him. He had nothing weighing him down when he crossed that finishing line. So my next point would be that after making this commitment that I've just called you to do, you will stumble. It's inevitable. This race that we are in is a tough race. There are stones littered all over the floor. There are like thumbtacks on like random places just waiting for you to step on them. And you know, I'll just give you an example. Some days, mostly during weekends, when I eat out with my friends and sometimes I just end up eating junk food. You know, so I will eat the junk food because of fellowship. Because, okay, like one time basically I brought my own food into Marche 
So it's like super awkward because I brought a lunchbox and my friends were all ordering like beef steak and then I was there with my lunchbox eating sweet potato and chicken breast. So it was so awkward and I vowed never to do that again. So for example, like during those times when I go out and eat with friends and I have to eat junk food. Lah. So there I am holding the double western bacon burger from Carl's Jr. It's incredible. And I'm there like eating like half of it already. I'm thinking to myself, crap, wow. So many calories. Oh gosh. Okay. Tomorrow, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go to the gym, you know, hit some delts, uh, work the quads a bit or the, like the, the, lat- the latissimus dorsi, which is your back, lah, basically. Okay? You know, I'm going to do something more intense to make myself feel less guilty about what I ate. Or not make myself feel, make myself less guilty, okay, about what I just ate. So I resolve what I'm going to do tomorrow. Lah. So I happily carry on eating, feeling less guilty because of the hard work that I am going to put in tomorrow. Okay? So, okay, then it's over already. Next day, I wake up and then I think to myself, I'm feeling a bit tired. Ah. <laughs> or like, I have a lot of work to do today. Uh, you know, I think um, I uh, can't be helped. Like, eat already, right? No choice. It's okay. Lah. Uh, next day, lah, next day, maybe next day I will gym or something. Lah. So, you see, sometimes the thought of me resolving to go to the gym is enough to satisfy my guilt of eating unhealthy meals, even if I don't follow through on that commitment to exercise. And you know, just like how I sometimes fail to follow through on my exercise regime, the thought of following Christ is easy. You know, the commitment to follow Christ is easy. The act, however, is seabed difficult. Oh no, very difficult. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please forgive me. Depend. Okay, but it's very difficult, okay? And sometimes during the race, let me tell you, like, being honest with you, despite reminding yourself that you have to keep your eyes on the finishing line, sometimes I, myself, I inadvertently, like, look back. I, like, I'm, like, running, right? I'm, like, okay, I'm going to be Christ-like today. Christ-like is the goal. And I'm, like, suddenly, my friend called me or something. Hey. And I'm, like, Huh? I look back and I end up like tripping over my own foot or something and I slow myself down in this race, hindering myself. You know, the mind is a constant battle of our fleshly desires against the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it's a tough battle. Honestly, things will distract us, things will hinder us. Sometimes we take one step forward and we end up falling two steps backward. Sometimes we are tempted to look back in our lives and perhaps wish that we had those things in the past that we left behind. You know, like, I don't know what you're left behind, lah, but things, lah, okay? Let's just, let, let's just, let's just say you, you left stuff behind. You know, in Luke 9.23, it's a very famous verse. Lah. He says, Whoever wants to be my disciple, this is Jesus speaking, must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You know, we see how we are called to deny ourselves daily, to take up our cross daily. Every single day is a battle. Every single day is a hard-fought battle. And let me tell you that as much as we strive to try to live like Jesus, it is inevitable that one day we will fall flat on the ground because it's just the nature of this race that we are in and the nature of the bodies that we are running with. We are not perfect. We are sinful and we are easily tempted. So as much as you try, by your own efforts, you will fail one day. This is like confirmed. I can give you it's 100%. Like, don't need warranty. Confirm you will fail. Okay? And basically, even though it's tough, 
it does not mean that we should give up on this race. Neither does it mean that we should put in any less effort striving to be like Jesus. No, because becoming a Christian doesn't make you superhuman, nor does it make you temptation-free. For, I don't know about most people, but when I became a Christian, I think like life went on pretty much as normal for me. Initially, like, initially, I must like, qualify. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't like, I'm a Christian, and then like, suddenly I, have, like, I can like, turn water into wine or something. No, it doesn't. It's just it's very normal. It's, when I became a Christian, I woke up the next morning, I brushed my teeth, I went to school, and I went home and I slept again. It's the same. You know, no one starts off different when they become a Christian. No one starts off being a good marathon runner straight away once he or she commits to finishing a race. You can ask Yong Chen, I'm pretty sure he didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to run 21km and he just ran. You know, he trained for it. You know, this journey is a transformative journey. It needs transformation and time. And so my next point would be, Christ-likeness is a transformative journey. And I don't know if you remember, but for our 2009 youth camp, who was here at 2009? I can have a show of hands. Oh wow, it's great news that not the majority, so that's good job. Alright, so for our 2009 youth camp, which was called Forward in Faith, yeah. ah, I hate that, I, I really, wow. <sighs> I, get very, I get very irritated when they do that because it's not part of the slogan. Whatever. Okay, so for those who joined recently or those who forgot those times, uh, Judy, can you like open the, the picture? Okay, so this was what I looked like huh, at that, in 2009. Okay, that was me. Okay, with uh, lack of discipline, exercise, and bad hair color choices. <laughs> Alright, it was, it was very horrible. And uh, this is what puberty did to me, or what Jesus did to me, perhaps. I hope it's the former, hey, the latter. Okay, so it was horrible. Okay, okay you can take off the picture, la, I think later. <laughs> I'm quite scared already. You don't have to pray to like, open the eyes of people or something. Okay, so it was very horrible, and I didn't even know it. And you know, this, the change that, that you see today, uh, hopefully it's better, okay? The change that you see today came when I entered junior college, JC. Uh, and a good friend of mine introduced me to this like, incredible place. Well, it's, it's mad. This incredible place where we could change the way that you look for extremely low monetary costs. You know, it's called the gym. Only 250 per entry. Or 150 if you're a student. Alright? So that's when I realized, when I looked at his body, uh, basically. That's when I realized, as in like, you know what I mean, right? Very, you know when you change in class, then suddenly like, you know, people take off shirt, they just think, then you're like, oh. Yeah, you know that kind of, okay? So, that's when I realized that I needed to change, not just for the aesthetics, but for health reasons as well. And also that I didn't have to enlist the army two months earlier. Because at that point of time, I failed my NAFA. But then, by God's grace, uh, by God's grace, I, I passed. Eh, no, I got silver. Okay, but that's a long time ago. Uh. Okay, so, you see, when, when we become true followers of Christ, we become aware of how flawed we are, you know, how much work needs to be done on us, and we realize how important it is for us to be more Christ-like. We realize how important it is for us to change and try to, to, to make God the king of our lives and live like Jesus because of His grace. But you know, just like how in JC I realized how important it was to be healthy and fit, I 
at that point of time, I didn't become like Mr. Olympia. La. And I wasn't Sportsman of the Year either. So when we become followers, it doesn't automatically make us Christ-like. You know, the journey to Christ-likeness, as I said earlier, will always be a transformative journey, which is taken step by step, relying on Jesus to pick us up whenever we fall. Because His love is that unconditional. And His love is revealed in each moment, released in each step. You know, Yujia mentioned last week that God is pleased in the small things that we do. And I, agree, I really agree with her. Because I told some people before, but you know, I believe that God is easy to please, but He's hard to satisfy. You know, he will never be pleased until we come to the standard that Jesus has set for us to be like Him, which is Christ-likeness. But God is happy with every little step we take to achieve that Christ-likeness. And that to me is perhaps such an encouragement that helps me in finishing well to running this race with my utmost ability. Because, I don't know about you, but knowing that I may never truly be as Christ-like as what God expects me to be may be kind of discouraging. Like, it's as if He set this super high standard for me to fail. But knowing that He is happy with every little step that I take to be that little bit more like Jesus really just gives me so much peace and sets me at ease. So, God never intended for us to finish this race alone. You know, all we, He meant for us to rely on Him to help us cross that finishing line well. And all we need is to take that first step of repentance, surrender, and to trust our cares and our burdens upon Him. So, what I want to call you to do today is, basically, I want you to take that first step. You know, for people who have been Christians for some time, it's okay, because... I can't remember already how many first steps that I have taken. And repeatedly, I have stumbled. I've gotten up and taken another first step back to Christ-likeness. No, but just because it's a hard journey doesn't mean that it isn't worth taking. And Matthew 11.30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think, did I get the verse correct? I hope so. Yeah, but... So, and sometimes I wonder how does this all fit into the Christian journey that is so often compared to being the narrow road and so often said to be one of hardship. It doesn't make sense to me. But as I read through the entire chapter, I realized in verse 28, it says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. You know, come to Him. Basically, the verse says, Come to Jesus, all who are feeling discouraged in this race. Come to Jesus, all who are feeling like they cannot go on anymore. Come to Him, all who need rest. So come to Him. Because He gave us His grace, His mercy and peace when He first came to us. And He knew that this road was going to be hard. He knew it was going to be tiring. Jesus knew that it was going to be a struggle. But when you reach that point of hardship, you know, lift up your eyes to the hills and know where your help comes from, as it says in Psalms 1 to 1. So, I just want you to remember this. Like, if you don't remember anything else from my message, I believe that finishing well can be summed up into four words. And not just finishing well, basically the Christian life, which is press in and press on. No, we press in to a deeper relationship with God, knowing Him for who He is, to know His heart and His ways. You know, we may fail at times, but we know that our God will always give us second chances as long as we are truly, truly repentant. And we can pick ourselves up with His help and continue this race that we are called to run. And only then, can we press on towards the price for which God has called us have a word? Press in and press on. And so, just, just take this moment and consider if 
this first step is something that you wish to take. You know, for those who have not yet made this commitment, it's okay. Because I was once like you. I once didn't make a commitment. I once thought that it would be, that the Christian life would be easy. Now, I encourage you today to make that first step to truly become followers of Christ. Perhaps if you need to repent, then you have to repent. But let me ask you, are you any different from your non-Christian friends in school or work? You know, what separates us from the world? What separates you from the world? Are you any different? Because when, when non-Christians look at you, they'll be wondering, why do I even bother to go to church if it doesn't change me at all? Why do I even bother to go to church if I'm going to act no different from the rest? Are we even trying to be like Jesus? And for those who are feeling discouraged in this race, take heart. Because Jesus has overcome the world. Jesus knows how hard it is to fight temptation. You know, only the one who has resisted temptation in its fullness will know how ravaging temptation can be. You know, someone who has resisted temptation, let's say the temptation is lying. You see, someone who has resisted lying for two days will never feel the extent of temptation that someone else who has resisted lying for two months feels. I don't know if you understand that. but Because Jesus resisted temptation all the way, He knows the full extent of it. He is the one that understands us the most because He fought against it with every nerve in His body. And that's why He is the one that we can look upon for help whenever we are down. Because He understands. So, as you come to end, to an end with this series on Philippians, I really hope that we've all learned something from it. And the running theme in Philippians, I guess, would be as Joanne preached, would be joy, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So this is a tough journey, honestly. You know, it's, it's hard, but it definitely can be joyful with Jesus running with us by our side. So will you take his outstretched hand today? He's willing to help but the acceptance of his aid is dependent on whether we choose to rely on him. He can, he, can, he can leave his hand out for you to grab, but you yourself have to grab it. It's a, it's a bit weird to say, but it's conditional. You have to stretch out. You have to reach out to him as well. And if I could just get the worship team to come up. Just slowly make your way up, you know, in a stealthy manner. But, you know, when we... When we when we, when we decided to speak on this series, we didn't, we didn't just, just pick it so that we can fill up some slots on Saturday. We didn't pick it just so we can, you know, just feel like, uh, feel like preaching Philippians because if I could be honest, I also don't want to preach. Like, I spent like one month writing this message. But like, only yesterday I really, I really, go down, get, I really got down to write it. Uh. So, it, it's... We didn't just pick it out just so we can, we can burn time, we can, we, can, we can fill up your Saturdays. We, when we came together, we felt that we wanted to change something in this ministry. We wanted to change the spiritual atmosphere of this ministry. And I don't know if you feel it, but, but you know, when we themed our session, Dr. Phil's sessions, Soul Surgery, it wasn't meant just to be catchy. It wasn't just because Dr. Phil is something uh, in. I think the heart of it was that 
we really wanted to have some kind of soul surgery going on in our ministry. Something has to change. You know, we are not content to be where we are. You know, the Christian life was, it's never, it's never just running on the spot. We are always called to something higher. We are always called to something further in the distance. And we shouldn't be content where we are until we have truly, truly seen the full glory of God. And that can only be understood when you reach heaven. And so that means that we have to continue for every day of our lives to, con- to, to reaching that, that, that higher level of, of, of glory that God has called us. And uh, if the keyboards could play something really nice in the background, you know. I just want you to, to reflect on these past five weeks. Five people, right? Past five weeks. And just reflect on what have you learned exactly. What is it that you have taken away? Because remember what Pastor Joey said is, it's not about me, you know. I'm not an incredible teacher. I'm not an incredible, incredible preacher. But more importantly, you need to have a teachable heart. And I hope that you all catch the, catch the message behind it and where we are coming from because we want something to change. I don't know about you, but I want something to change. Not just in our ministry, but in our lives as well. We're called to be victorious. We're not called to be, to, to sluggishly crawl past the line. We're not called to, we're not called to just make it there. We're called to finish well, finish victoriously, triumphantly, because we have a triumphant God. So, just take this moment, just where you are, you can like close your eyes, you can don't close your eyes, it doesn't really matter to me. But just, just, just reflect on, on all these five weeks, what have you learned? And just think, am I ready to take that commitment? Am I, am I ready to be different? And you know, being different is just going to get harder from now onwards. You know, there are so many things that oppose the Christian movement, so many things that oppose Jesus. And if you don't start now with the small things, I don't know how will you ever face the big things next time. If you have your Bibles, um, let's, I just want to show you something, okay, in Philippians. Okay, so today, Tiani talked about Philippians 3, verse uh, 13 and 14, verses 13 and 14, but if we just go back a bit to verse 12, okay, I just want to read that for you. Verse 12 says, not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Okay, he hasn't, even Paul says he hasn't been perfect, he hasn't been made perfect yet, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. Verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. Again, he says, I'm not there yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward 
in Christ Jesus and, and I'm really glad that um, somehow, you know, God uh, arranged it such that Tiani spoke on this, these two verses at the end of this series. Um, yeah, that really, you know, the Christian life is a journey, it's a race and we just got to press in and press on. And, and just one more verse, if you look at um, chapter 1, okay, Philippians chapter 1, this is when Paul just begins to write in verse 6, he says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And for all of us, God has begun a good work in us. He started the minute you were saved. He's begun a good work in you and He will carry it on to completion all the way until the day of Christ Jesus. We are going to continually be changed more and more into His image. It's, it's a journey. He will, you know, it, we only, it only comes to completion at the end until the day of Christ Jesus. But meanwhile, we got to keep pressing in. we got to keep pressing on. We want to run this race for Jesus. We want to run this race well. We want to finish well. We, want, we don't want to look back. You know, we want to, we want to go on this journey and we want to run. And, and I, love, I love that video. Okay, yeah, like Hussein Bolt is a, really a beast, man. And, and I want to run like him, you know. I'm kidding, like you know, physically, lah, you know. I mean, although I'm quite fast, no, I'm not. Um, you know, like I really want to, I want to run like that, you know. I want to run with like speed and power and like he's, and like he's so confident, you know. He says like, oh, this, you know, whatever mark and then I be, that's when I become a beast. Like, like, yeah, that's when I become a beast, you know, like, right. And, and, and yeah, I want to, I, I, I believe that that's, that's what we're called to do, you know, to really like run it well not to like kind of drag ourselves along and like oh man Christian life is so hard and like it's always such a struggle and like oh I can't do this can't do that no Christ is gonna he's begun a good work in you and he will carry it to completion you are work in progress we are all work in progress all the way until the day of Christ Jesus and, and I just want you to take some time to, um, to, to think about all that's been preached in this series um, I, I started off talking about joy, how we have joy in the Christian life. Juliana talked about contentment. Um, Jess talked about unity in the body of Christ. Yutia talked about how, you know, we were all um, once enemies of the cross of Christ. And she talked about salvation and obedience and the small things. And today, Tiani talked about finishing the race well. And, and I really hope that in, in over the five weeks, God has placed something in your heart, that you have learned something. And, and today, I, I just... You know, I was just sitting there listening to Tani, thinking like, wow, thanks God, you help us to kind of like wrap everything up. Like, because we were like, we didn't even plan it, okay? We were like all noobs like, going in, like just like, just like well, by faith, like, okay, or something. Um, but, but yeah, I thought this was just such a good um, end to the series when, when Tani talked about finishing well. And I think I want to challenge you to finish the race well. You know, if, if you're not running yet, just take the first step. If you're running but you're getting tired, you know, come on, press on. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. That's us. Press on. You know, we are, we are cheering each other on. And, and let's just all go keep pressing in and pressing on to the finishing line. Um, let's, let's just rise. Um, and I've asked the worship team to play this song. And, and I love this song because the first line says, There must be more than this. We're not content with where we are. None of us are at the finishing line yet. You know, we're all in the middle somewhere. And God, there must be more than this. We're not just going to stop here. You know, nobody stops in the middle of the race, right? Even if we're running slowly, we just keep running. We just keep running. We just keep running. We're tired. Just keep running, right? Nobody stops, right? They always tell you that in 2.4, don't stop. Whatever it is, don't stop, right? Even if you walk or you whatever, slow jog or whatever, don't stop. So let's just keep going on and, and 
and, and say, God, there must be more than this. Come and breathe within. Come and breathe a new fire in us, a new passion in us. And we're going to finish this race well. And, and, and this is a call really just to, um, you know, seal whatever it is that God has been putting in your heart, whatever it is that He's been talking to you about um, in Philippians today or the past five weeks. Um, this is really a call to yeah, what Tiani said, you know, are you willing to take the first step? Are you willing to commit to running this race? to finishing well, to running this race with perseverance, to press in, press on in this race um, toward the end goal that Christ has called us toward. So we're going to sing this song and, and, and if there's something that you need to respond to, and there's been so much that's been said um, over the past five weeks, if there's something that you need to respond to or if you just say, yeah, God, I just want to, you know, I just want to run this race well. Uh, that, that, that's it. I just want to run this race well. Um, I invite you to come to the front and we'll just We'll just seal our commitment to God together as a ministry. And there must be more than this. Oh, breath of God, come breathe within. And there must be more than this. Spirit of God, we wait for you. issue the call again. Now is the time. You know, if God is speaking to you, I'm going to invite you to just come to the front. We're going to stand together and we say, yeah, God, we want to run this race together. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough at times, but we're going to run this race together. And then we'll stand together and we say, God, we're going to run this race together for you. We want to commit to running this race well, to finishing this race well. God, we are work in progress, but you will bring us to completion at the day of Christ. And so I want to encourage you, you know, don't, don't, don't need to be pious, say, you know, or like to like whatever, like hesitate or whatever. No, just come and, and let's respond to God. Let's stand together as a ministry and commit to running this race for God. Okay? Come. There must be more than this. And there must be more than this. Oh, breath of God can breathe within.
consuming fire that you will fan into flame a passion for your name that spirit of God you come and have your way that you know when we sing let's not just mouth the words let's not just say the lyrics but God we cry out that Father your consuming fire will come and consume us with a passion for your name that spirit of God you will stir in us a real passion for you that you will burn in us a strength and a fire for you that God we will we will say Lord have your way Come, Lord, have your way in us. Have your way in my life. Have your way in our ministry. Have your way, Father. We are here. We ask for more of you, that consuming fire. You will come and just stir in us, God, a, a passion for your name. Stir in us, God, a passion for your name. Stir in us, God. Father, come, Lord. Let's cry out to God. And stir it up in our hearts, Lord. 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 Stir it up in our hearts, passion for your name. Oh, 
God, is the cry of our hearts, our prayer, Lord. And, and church, right now, I just want to encourage you to, let's just lift up our hands to God and, and say, God, really God, we just ask you now that your consuming fire will fan into flame a passion for your name, a passion, Lord. Not, not the apathetic, lukewarm love, but a passion for your name, a passion for your name. And Spirit of God, we welcome you here. Spirit of God, we ask that you fill this place, you fill our hearts, you fill our ministry, that God, you pour out your Spirit, you pour out your Spirit into us, that we will overflow. God, we will overflow, Lord, with your Spirit, that it will be so obvious to the people around us, that Father, we are overflowing with your Spirit. So God, come, Holy Spirit, come and burn into us a passion for your name, a passion for your name. God, we say, God, come and have your way. And God, as a ministry now, we commit to running this race, to finishing it well. That Father, we, we don't, it's okay if we fall, if we stumble, but God, we don't want to look back. We want to forget what is behind. God, we want to strain on toward what is ahead. We want to press on, press in and press on. We want to press on, Lord, for all that you have called us to work, Lord. So Father, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way in our lives and have your way in our ministry. And, and, and church, I just want to, you know, invite you to just make a commitment to God right now. Make a pact. God, you know, it, it, it's, it's not, a, not some like eloquent prayer that you have to make. But just in our spirit, we got to say, God, God, we want more of you. God, we want to run this race for you. God, we want a passion for your name. We want a passion for your name to consume us, to consume us, God. Your consuming fire come, Lord.
church I, I hope you really know what what it means to come up here to the altar what it means to be standing in front and i just got to let you know that as i said earlier it's going to be harder it's going to be much harder to to commit on this race it's going to be much harder as days go on and, and choosing to follow jesus today you know it means a lot of things it means that it means foregoing some things it means foregoing some pleasures and it may even mean losing some of your friends. It may even mean losing some of your family. You know, you may lose friends because you don't share the same views on homosexuality with them. You, you may lose family because they don't share your beliefs. And I just want all of you to know that you are not alone. You know, before we end this service, I just want you all to... to just find someone next to you. Don't need to choose. Just find someone and, and really just pray for them as both of you commit to being on this race. You know, we are a church and that is what the church is for. We are one body with many members. We are meant to support each other. We are not, we will not be able to function without one another. And so just, just take, before we end the service, just take this time, just find someone or find two people or anything. It doesn't have to be a prime number even so just find someone and, and just pray that and commit on this race that, that you have you have chosen you know because it's going to be hard but but together you know I, I know and I believe and I, I speak speaking into existence that we will we will finish well as long as we support each other as long as we we, we continue together as this body of Christ as long as we are united in this church.
You know, uh, when, when, when we sing about um, incense rising to God, it's not just like about worship, about like a song, but it's also our prayers. And, and I believe that God is pleased when we pray for each other, when we pray as a ministry. And, um, and yeah, we're just going to end this time with, uh, with worship, with really exalting Him. And, and you know, I really want to encourage you, every time you come into worship, Right, I was just telling the prayer meeting that I was like listening to some, some speaker this, this week and he was saying how um, the, the Greeks, and all of us have a very Greek kind of Western education uh, where it's very cerebral, it's very like intellectual, but the Hebrews, they praise with like their body, you know, they worship and that's why there's like dancing and singing. Like, like last week, I don't know when Tiani said that dancing is like high level worship or something, right? Like, like a, yeah, because like, that's like your, you know, the, the psalmist says, um, all my inmost being praise His holy name. And that's like, your whole being praise Him. And, and, and I want to encourage you to really like, praise, exalt, lift Him high and say, God, you are worthy of it all. God, we exalt you. God, we lift you high because you are so awesome and because you are worthy. And, and so yeah, we're going to end with um, a time of worship, okay?